Welcome to Lamestream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me on Twitter at Scavendish. Uh, if you like the show, please rate, review, subscribe, smash the subscribe button. And if you really, really want to help us out, just tell one person about the show. We'd really appreciate it. Today on the show, yes, yeah, smash and share. Today on the show, two different Tennessee Titans that have been arrested. That's what we're going to talk about on the show today. <laughs> Darren Bates is going to be our guest, and he will absolutely talk about the time he got arrested. We had a great time talking with him about his new <laughs> podcast, The Raw Room. We had a ton of fun talking about college years at Auburn, uh, all kinds of stuff about what he's doing in the offseason. So a, a re really fun conversation with Darren Bates as he is um, special teamer for the Tennessee Titans and um, not under contract currently, but uh, obviously a guy who's trying to get get his next deal in the NFL, but also launching a media career off to the side. So really cool conversation with Darren Bates. We will talk about Rashad Weaver and the coverage of the Rashad Weaver incident in the NFL draft for the Titans. Rashad Weaver, well. not quite yet a Titan. <laughs> That's true. And whether or not that comes to fruition, well, we shall see. Tune in. We shall see. Uh, we'll talk about that one issue and then have a great conversation with Darren Bates a little bit later on in the show. Recommendations as well following the interview with Darren Bates. So a lot of interesting stuff on the show today. But of course, before we do that, Lamestream Sports is brought to you by Jespers. I think that was the longest one yet, Steve. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. We had a fantastic draft party. In a private room at Jasper's, there were about 15 of us, other humans, vaccinated, watching a sporting event together at Jasper's. The food was great. The drinks were flowing. The streams were live. It was it was spectacular. It was so much fun to actually be around other humans and watch a sporting event in person. If you missed the live stream, it was on last, it was on a week ago, Fridays, uh, 440 Daily, and it was a lot of fun to listen to. It was, it was kind of the pick as it was happening. You and a couple of others nailed the pick like that. Very good. Very well <laughs> yeah. done, but it's a lot of fun. And, uh, and, and as always seemed like a lot of fun at Jasper's. I was at home. Yeah. The parking was free. The food was great. And the setup was amazing. So again, if you want to rent the private room, it's now available at Jasper's. So you can go rent the private game room. They got darts. They got cornhole. They got the patio, the grab and go market, happy hour for Preds games, all kinds of great stuff at Jasper's. So go check it out, of course. And thanks to all the Broadway sports media guys who I recommended last week, as my recommendation, they, they've absolutely been been dominating draft coverage, uh, analyzing the picks, the strategy, and of course the draft profiles across the board for all the players that are bringing that are coming into the Tennessee Titans, including Rashad Weaver. So nice segue. So, <laughs> I, I, and I like the pick for Rashad Weaver at first. <laughs> uh, let me. I'll give you my sort of critique of the media first before I let you have some space here to explore the studio a little bit, Steve. So my first, my first thought on this, and this off the heels of the Deshaun Watson situation, where you essentially have a PR campaign being waged by two high-priced lawyers in Houston. My issue and with the media, especially radio people, is that talking heads, unless you are a lawyer and involved in the case, unless you are and somehow a reporter that has inside information, which we'll get to, which I know you'll get to in a minute, about you know context around these cases, these types of cases, I really don't care what your opinion is about whether or not you think someone was guilty or not, or whether they did something wrong or not. I, that's my biggest complaint with sports talk radio in particular, is that you feel the need to have a an innocent or guilty take, and I and I can't stand that. I think the right approach is to say in this country 
you are innocent until proven guilty, and that every domestic assault case and accusation by a woman should be taken extremely seriously. <laughs> like, I, I think that's the only answer. And outside of that, unless you actually are involved in the case somehow, I don't care about your opinion, uneducated opinion in the media. And I think it's irresponsible for a lot of people that speculate about this stuff, about what actually happened on any given night between two people. That's my soapbox rant for this particular subject. It comes up all the time in sports. And I just don't, I think people should shut their freaking mouths about it. I think that's a I think that's a fair take. It's worth it's worth going back and kind of looking at the timeline of of how all this happened. So Weaver is involved in uh, in a in a in an altercation outside of a bar on April eighteenth. On April uh, April twentieth, the victim filed an assault uh, report against Weaver. By April thirtieth, which is coming right up on the draft, a criminal summons is filed against Weaver, and then it was issued on May the third. Yeah, but by that by that time he's already been picked and is now you know is now a titan. So there's a couple of questions around there, particularly for the media, which is one: should people have known, and should media have 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 known that Weaver was having legal problems in the in the run up to the draft? And secondly, kind of what's the uh, what's the accountability mechanism here for the media and the and the team, and are they holding the team? Are they are they holding them to kind of the right standard? And with with a draft, it's tough because you know these players are these are not players under contract. These are also this is the fantasy time of the year for for fans. All you're focusing on is how is my team going to get better? And so I, I think there's a kind of a tendency, at least on the fan side, to kind of ignore this sort of stuff or kind of like wish it away. And instead, I think a lot of media has been a little soft on the team. Because uh, in the wake of the Isaiah Wilson stuff last year, now we can say that COVID protocols knocked everybody sideways and they didn't know enough about Wilson, about his character, about whatever. It, had they had that like the full vetting process going in, they might have done uh, they might have done something differently with that pick. Matt Miller of NFL, NFL Draft Scout was on this show and he said there no one's going to miss on players, but there's going to be a lot of missing on people. And that, right. that is how that is that is that could be a byproduct of the last two years. Yeah. So this year, it, it occurs that the team missed on a person uh, somehow. Now, should they have that timeline is really tight going up to the draft. There's an argument, and and these things are these things are tough to these things are tough to suss out at least on the media side because it's a he's being charged with a misdemeanor. It, it's not. Uh, it, it's not a felony. So these things don't really rise up. You have fewer and fewer reporters reading police dockets, really I mean, reading, reading court dockets, reading police arrest reports, kind of looking at arrests. Six states I, away, by the way. Six states away. I mean, the, the so the question becomes, how is the media reporting about the team? And and I think the I think the reporting on it has not been strong enough uh, in sort of digging into asking asking the accountability questions about the team and kind of what their processes are. Uh, you know, a couple of people, uh, I mean, Kaharski, for instance, wrote, wrote about kind of the scouting process and, and, you know, who's responsible for what, what area scouts are, what, you know, how that funnels is in uh, funnels into like their national scouting report uh, and, and, and how that funnels up to Robinson. I, I think I wish more people were doing that type of accountability reporting on the team because I think it would, I think a it'd be better for the team to endure that kind of scrutiny. 
But B, I think it would be better for us as fans to try to figure out how the team missed on missed something like this and should they have missed something like this. The, the reason I have maybe a little bit more leash with the team on this particular case is that it happened literally like the incident it, itself happened like nine days, 10 days before the draft. And so the, the report wasn't filed until the day at, you know, the day before he gets drafted that, that night. So, or whatever. And again, I'm not making excuses. I think it should have been caught. I think if you're doing your diligence and if, if according to reports that half some, te- some scouts knew about it and some didn't or whatever, which leads us right back to the middle. Here's my question for you, Steve, and the media reaction to this story. If this had happened in January and the Titans take him anyway, which is basically Jeffrey Simmons. Let's be honest. Jeffrey right. Simmons had an even worse incident with a female. Which is Taylor Lewan In high school. Taylor Lewan, same thing. Like if this incident had happened in January and it had gone through the process and it was a misdemeanor and it was filed and all this stuff happens, are we, are we exploding into the media about the Titans taking Rashad Weaver in the fourth round? How, uh, how do we well, handle I- it? I mean, I, I think there's sort of two pieces of this. One is the is sort of the domestic of, uh, assault piece of it. This was big NFL player strikes woman. The second, or allegedly strikes woman. the The second piece of this is the team's evaluation of very valuable picks in the wake of such a high profile bust with with Isaiah Wilson last year. And and is that fair or is it not this? has to be this has to be an organizational question that we're asking of the titans right now because if they just blew this the year after blowing the wilson pick that's a systemic problem that is that's or is on, it or is it pandemic that's on <laughs> that's on robinson but if this were the first year of of kind of this kind of covid protocols and you know sort of new normal then i think yeah i mean i think i think largely they they shouldn't get a pass on isaiah wilson from last year but you, you sort of understand how it happened. The second time it happens, that's on them. And, and the the second time it the second but, time but you miss something, aren't they very very different issues? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just do you know this guy as 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 well as you think you do, right? And and that is the question that that you know should the Titans have known him better, known his personality, his penchants, his you know whatever. Like again. What I want to see more reporting on, and this kind of gets back to the media piece of it, is I want questions asked of that agent and the the conversations that were being had with the team at that point. Now, when we get those answers, who knows? But but I but I think that that's the kind of reporting I want I want to I want to see yeah. because somebody somebody in 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 his camp knew whether it, I assume it's him, but I also assume that his agent I, knows everything at this point too. Well, and, he, and here's, here's where we are with this at the end of it all. Some teams might've known some teams didn't should the Titans have known probably would that have changed their prediction or their pick. If they had known all of this stuff had happened in January. I don't know again, because again, they've taken players with this stuff in their back in the, in the past. And, and it hasn't mattered. You know, the PR, there wasn't a giant PR issue that they dealt with when they drafted Jeffrey Simmons. Did Rashad Weaver and his camp know about this stuff and intentionally not like, is it wrong for them to not bring it forward? Of course it is. Do you blame them? Or are you surprised that they didn't? Of course I'm not. <laughs> so, I mean, it, I mean, it, it, it's your one chance to make a, a big fortune. I'm not condoning the behavior, but of course I understand why the human side of why he did what he did, which is not tell anybody. And therefore he gets picked in the fourth round instead of maybe going undrafted. Right. I mean, so. if the agents knew, you know why they didn't disclose because a, sure. they didn't want to, ta- they didn't want to tank their prospects picks any more than you know he already was and b forgiveness is easier to get than permission in a drafting situation 
after after they're already drafted, then you then you, there's a maybe a leverage situation, but it's but it's not on. Yeah, he's not he's not rounds lower or undrafted. I, I just I, the media fascination with something that's happening in real time, I think, is is a big part of this. Like, again, if all of this had happened in January and, and the Titans knew all about it and the media knew all about it and they drafted him anyway, they would ask questions about it. But it would be different questions. And I don't think the fans would be up in arms. You know, if Isaiah Wilson hadn't happened last year, the, it wouldn't the media wouldn't be attracted to it. So there's also a bigger question, too, about how much how much fans care about these things whether they should care about these things. I mean, how many sacks is he going to have this year? That's how much yeah, they I care. Mean, there's, there's, a, there's a lot high pro, higher profile guys that have come into the league, you know, with videotape, for instance, of them hitting women in public yep. places on the Titans. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, there, there's a much larger, there's a much larger conversation that needs to be had about kind of fans yeah. subtly condoning these sort of domestic uh, abuse cases when it, and when it, when it affects their 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 the, Steve, the, the ability of their team to perform on the field, Steve, are are you suggesting that fans overlook personal flaws for uh, you know talent and success? Come on, dude. Every day and every day and twice on Sunday. Come on, dude. Like that. That's not a conversation that needs to be had. We had that one, and it's been unfortunately it's gone the other way. So yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's put this one to bed. I don't know what we solved. Uh, talking heads don't speculate about what happened between a, a man and a woman in a in a situation that took place should the titans have known probably uh, we'll see what happens with the, the pick moving forward how how good is he is really all this comes down to if the, if he can help the team he's probably going to be a titan if he's not if he if they don't think he can help the team he probably won't be but that's just that's just the way it is so all right uh let's let's move on to our guest and Darren Bates Played on the Auburn National Championship team with Cam Newton in 2010. Has been in the league, undrafted, been in the league for six years. Has played for the Titans for a few seasons. A, a high-quality special teamer. A guy that's constantly sort of riling up the, the team in the locker room and on the sideline. A, a real important sort of glue guy on the Tennessee Titans. But he also has launched his own media career. He's got a podcast now called The Raw Room. He does it with Jalen Collins, another former NFL player. Uh, another SEC guy that he knew from, from his time, I believe, at LSU. Uh, and, and his high school days. So uh, fascinating guy, fascinating career. And we'll see where it goes in the NFL moving forward. But it definitely seems like he's committed to a media career. And hey, let's talk about Darren Bates arrest. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's super unfair, Darren. If you're listening, I apologize. He was a great sport about it. He was he, he talked he talked very openly about uh, what, what, what amounts to a very silly arrest, frankly, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Um, but that was three minutes of a 30 minute conversation. So let's of a conversation focus. we had before now we, and we taped this before the draft. So, all right, no more from us on Rashad Weaver. Let's hear from a new media personality and current NFL player, Darren Bates. Darren, welcome to the show, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, good to have you, man. How you been? Good. Thanks for having me. Number one, um, what is it exactly that you guys are doing right now? Uh, the draft was last week, and players are just sort of scattered all about, right? And, and in a normal year, what are you guys doing right now, this time of year? Right now, we're getting ready to, you know, wind these workouts down, getting ready to get to the OTAs or get through OTAs, and, and really just get ready for the break before training camp. Really, you know, just trying to mold your body, really not really thinking about anything pressure high, you know, contact and nothing crazy like that everything is just really still focusing on your body 
focus around uh, you know, the mental aspects of the game. But it's a routine that everybody's been used to forever. I know for me, for eight, seven, eight years, straight years until COVID, that was that's what you knew. You knew at a certain point, I, I got cut off the way I eat for the off season. I got to start eating this way. I got to start working out this way. And now it's like, it's like what Tom Brady was like, what do I do for five months? Like, it's a, that's a long time. How long after the end of the season is it before your body is just like, all right, I can I can think about working hard. I can think about sculpting. I can think about doing something besides just recovering from six I mean, months of hitting. It depends on you know what what year you are in the league. I know for sure my second, third, fourth year, I was probably right back by 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 Super Bowl. I was back working, training out, working hard. You know. So I know, but I know some guys, you know, Chris Long, who I was with, he wasn't doing nothing for a while. <laughs> he chilling and then he gonna get to work. You know, he was, that's what I, what I learned from him. So nah, not everybody gonna, not everybody hitting it hard right away. Some people waiting, some people taking it. It's just depending on where you are. So let, let's touch on how COVID changed things for you guys last year, because the locker room is a, and, and we're certainly, you just mentioned a guy in Chris Long that's also, sort of doing what you're doing as well. A lot of players now coming out with their own content to sort of get their own messages out for a lot of different reasons. Um, you, we'll get into your sort of uh, your motivations here in a second. But the locker room is sort of a sacred place for players, especially football. And that there is a, an interaction with the media that you've experienced throughout your career that just sort of shut down last year. So I'm sure... I'm sure you hated that, right? I'm sure you hated oh, having man. having the locker room to yourself, right? That was perfect. It was the best thing that could have ever happened. <laughs> I appreciate every part of that. Of that. And I, I don't know what it's going to be like going forward, but hey, it worked this year for me. I, I want to ask you, in general, when you look around the league and you look at, or any sport, frankly, and you look at players that now have their own voice, A.J. Brown is just out on social platforms like all day. Lawan's got his podcast. You've got your podcast, The Raw Room. What was, I guess the question is, how has the relationship for player with the fans evolved in your perspective, from your perspective over the last 10 years? Oh, man, you, the players don't have to rely on you know, a set of people just to get them a story or a bigger outlet, ESPN Sports, to get them an outlet to hear something about their, you know, their player on the team, or their local team or whatever it may be. Now you get the chance, uh, just the players, just get up, come out and say whatever they want to be like. Taylor with his, um, when he got his little situation, he got suspended. He was able to go on his own podcast and give his own, you know, he didn't have to wait on nobody, write a story, nobody do that. So I feel like that's the bet. That's the, the biggest thing to me is like, that you get to control your own narrative. You get to say what you, you know, the truth or your truth, whatever it may be. You could be lying. Who knows? I get that thing out too. I see you begin to hit that episode too. So you you get to you, either way you get to you get to control the microphone yourself. And I feel like you never got to do that before. Like they control who they put the microphone in front of and who gets to say what, and you only get a certain amount of time. And some people got a lot more to say than just whatever how. Did it feel running down on kickoff? You know, like <laughs> there's more questions out there, and there's more things to be said, and that's what this outlet right here for us to do. You got control over your own narrative now, over uh, with something like the raw room. Is there any? Do you ever catch yourself though? It's a pretty free form pod, and it's. Oh, yeah, it, I, didn't, 
I feel like I try to think fast enough that I don't go too crazy. <laughs> uh, I had guests on that have, but that's no, they in their own land of what they like. I have comedians on sometimes. They say some of their own things. I just, you know, just say that the raw room don't condone, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, like I said, it's free, it's pretty open more for a lot. I mean, it's really, really open, but you know, I I really don't feel like I ever had to go like, you know. Oh, we gotta edit that. Like well, I haven't had to edit anything. I, you know, it just we're gonna let it all flow. So, have you have you heard back from anybody uh, that got surprised on the got surprised in an in an episode? They were like, "Oh, I didn't only know that." One person, only one person that hit me up so far. Uh, Wes Byron, he got he got mad because I said uh, I was telling somebody a story. Well, I was a guest I had on. I tell them a story about. You know, the national championship, and I was like, the kicker, he came out, and he did what we finally only needed him to do. So I said something like that, and he felt some type of way. He DM me on Twitter, and was like, you know, I I kicked like five uh, game winners that year, uh, like two before that. I was like, okay, he lagged, bro. Of course it's a kicker, man. Of course. Of course it's the kicker. Of course. Uh, So you kind of already have alluded to this a little bit by saying, man, I want to take control of the narrative. So when you sat down, because this, uh, you guys launched the podcast, what, October of 2020, correct? So it's been going for, sorry, August 2020. So it's been going now for almost a full year. What, what did you guys like, what were the conversations like? How did you talk through, you know, you and Jalen Collins as your host, how, how did you decide he was going to be the guy? Like, how, how did the whole show come together? It started out with a tweet. I just tweeted, I want to start a podcast. And I, he was like, what's up? <laughs> I texted him. And then we were like, what you want to do? And we started talking like, what, you know, what, uh, what are our topics going to be? Are we going to even have topics? What's the, you know, just the, everything to go into the podcast and think, uh, what we're going to call it, why we're going to call it that. You know, just all of this. And then um, probably like a couple months later, I hit my financial advisor, asked about funding and money and how we get this thing going. Let's get this LLC. Started doing that. And then in August, we dropped the, the first episode. What kind, what kind of response did you get from people in the league? For, you know, teammates? Did anybody at the Titans say anything to you? No, nobody at Titans even knew for real other than like a few like the players. Never I get I mean I appreciate somebody else like I'll post it on my Instagram, so I'm sure. But they didn't say nothing because during the season, it was a couple of times, you know, uh Will Compton, you know, who also has a podcast, who's my, my boy. Um, it's a couple of times he got in, got looked at as the guy getting in trouble when Brable actually get in trouble by me because of my podcast situation that I had going on. <laughs> so it was also it was good because a lot of people didn't know it was me that Brable was mad at. You know, like, <laughs> What was Vrabel? Me and Vrabel was only one that knew. Now, catch people up. What 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 incurred Vrabel's wrath? Oh man! So I had a, a podcast session during the middle of the season. Every before people, no mask on. You know when they just started the mask, like yeah, and it got us a big fine. And so he came from the team meeting, and I sit right in the front. Like look, he put me right in the front of him, like this. <laughs> So we talk, we hear the team meeting talking to everybody, but he looking dead at me. He was like, Well, we got some people that have podcasts and with no mask on now. We have so and so amount of dollars fine. 
And Miss Amy pissed off, blah, blah, blah. But he's looking dead at me, but everybody thinks it's Will Compton. <laughs> they don't know that I got the podcast. But Brave was looking dead at me, and I'm looking dead at Brave, like, yeah, yeah, my bad. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody found out that I had a podcast. Hey, there's worse ways to break in, man. There's way worse ways to break <laughs> in. Did you have you had conversations with any of these guys? Like, did you did you go and talk to people? And say, hey man, what like what works for you? What how did that work? Like, where did you did you have any conversations? Get any advice from anybody? Yeah, I mean, I, talk, I used to talk to Will a lot. Uh, my my best friend Derek Poston, comedian, he has a podcast called Spoil the Beans. Uh, he just used to text him all the time, ask him stuff. But most importantly, I just used to listen to podcasts and just see what I like. Listen and I watch because I wanted my visuals to match my audio too. So. I would just watch on YouTube and just listen to all type of podcasts, Joe Rogan, 85 South Show, True Crime, uh, all type of stuff. I, you know, I just listen to them and just see how they do it, see what they do, what like, what works for me, what could work for me. You know, Joe Budden podcast, one of my probably my favorite ones. I like that because they do the music and everything. So it's just me just trying to figure out what how I wanted it, ask Jay like, how he thought it should be, and we just go off of that. It seems like that's been the most popular avenue for comedians to, to kind of get in front of fans. If you're not, and especially this last year, like there's no rooms to play. There's, there's no, there's no way for them to sort of get out there. A lot of them had turned to podcasts anyway, because you can control, you can control the content and you, you're good. You control on the audience there. It seems like that was, that was kind of a natural thing was, was, was the comedy hookup there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like especially that was my first podcast I ever been on when I went to his. And it was just the vibe was cool. I like I liked everything about it. Then I just already like, you know, he's a comedian, so he's funny as hell. He always saying crazy stuff. And I was like, damn, you can say that. And like <laughs> I was like, I learned about it. And I was like, damn, you say that. He, you say whatever you want. If you want to keep it, you can keep it. If you don't, you don't. I was like, dang, okay. And that's why I like that. I want to do that shit myself. So when you and, and Jalen sit down, you start doing a few episodes, what, what in the beginning, what did you learn about sort of who you wanted to be on the air? Cause it, cause it's constantly like, I don't know about you, but it, for me, it's constantly changing. Like when I was 26, I wanted to be at this thing. And when I was 31, I wanted to be this thing. And now I'm 38 and I want to kind of be this thing over here in the first, let's say six months of the show. What did you learn about who you wanted to be like on the show as a personality? I learned I was just gonna be myself. Like regardless. Then I gave a disclaimer in the first episode, like this is where I talk, this is how I talk. I say a whole bunch of these words, but they don't mean what you think they mean. It just means you'll get it along the way. Just stick with me, you'll be all right. Cover your ears if you have to. <laughs> rock. And it just is what it is. And I know it's okay because you know I got, you know, beautiful women, young ladies, you know what I'm saying, just laughing at everything, you know what I'm saying, not getting offended to nothing. You know, and I get that they probably was riding with us the first episode, but they they still understand it's just you know, that's just how I talk. And that's what I'm just gonna ride with. I'm not gonna even try to try I'm not one day I might try to change it. I maybe when I'm sixty, never know. <laughs> Who do you have as kind of your your wish list here for, for pod guests? Like somebody's a guest? I'd say Kevin Gates, Joe Rogan. Uh, and Rogan would just be a rocket ship. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Burr. Burr is hilarious, dude. I, I love it. He's hilarious, man. I gotta have it. It's gotta be those three. I just gotta say Kevin Gates because that's my favorite rapper. So I feel like it'd be a great like interview thing. But especially those other two, they just 
podcast goats. Lamestream is brought to you by Jaspers. Oh, smash it here, folks. I'm trying to, trying, trying to change it up. Trying to change it up. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure thing. Uh, Jasper's free parking, fantastic food. The menu has been changed and evolved. If you, if, if you want to use that word, you may. They are now allowing more and more people into restaurants, which is amazing. Go get your vaccine. You've got the private room. You can rent out the game room. You've got the shuffleboard library lounge area. You've got the dining room. If you want to go on a nice date with your mother or your wife, for Mother's Day, for example, you got the grab and go market with a ton of cool merch. Uh, and of course, the sports bar with my girls, Jen and Jamie, who will always take care of you. Great menu. Great place to watch the game. Great happy hour. Just Jasper's is great all around. One thing of note, uh, Deb Paquette, who is the, the the brain behind the Jasper's menu, is participating in a thing called uh, Generous Helpings, which is an annual uh, Second Harvest Food fundraiser. Goes to benefit Second Harvest Food Bank. Uh, on May 11th, uh, if you go to Jasper's, there's tickets that are available um, that you can buy for that. Deb's doing, I think, uh, like a three-course a three course meal, signature Ooh. cocktail. Is it the gold standard? I don't think it's the gold standard, but it should be the gold standard. I don't think gold standard cocktails reach signature status yet. I don't think <laughs> I don't think we're there yet. It's somebody's signature, but um, <laughs> Adam, but Vingen, it, Adam Vingen walks around town like it is. That's for sure. But Generous Helpings is uh, is a fundraiser that I participated in in past years. I've helped them out. It's a great cause. It's great food. You get a lot of you get a lot of the best chefs in town participating. Uh, just just kind of a wonderful sort of thing. So you should definitely definitely check that out. I would love that Jasper's and and Deb are participating. That's all you need to know is that Jasper's menu was created by a woman who does a three course meal as one of the best chefs in town like that's all you kind of need to know about the menu at jasper's that explains why the sports bar is evolving this is the next evolution of the sports bar all the kids are saying it before our very eyes steve like in real time it's transformation and they they changed some menu items so go check out that they got the new quesadilla it's pretty good you should go check that out um quesadilla yep i did i did just like i like shrimp and goodies and, and you like sweet potato fries like it's okay you know, like it's okay to like different things, Steve. It, it, <laughs> like you think the media should be harder on the Titans. Uh, you know, I don't know how much the media should be harder on the Titans. You know, like, I don't know. Do you know that? <laughs> no, I'm kind of with I, you. I'm yeah, kind of with I'm, you. All right. Go to Jasper's free parking, great menu, great food, great happy hour, four to six every single day. And during Preds games, it's the final week of the Preds. They got a huge weekend. Could be the last time we see Pecorine in a Preds home game ever over the next week or so. So uh, make sure you're watching and that. It, and it, and if you and if you go down to check out what could be Pekka's last game at Jasper's, the, the one thing that you will not have to worry about is where you're going to park because it's free, it's generous, it's awesome, it's exquisite, even spectacular, it's beautiful. Everyone, everyone is talking about the free parking. Food's pretty good, but the parking spectacular. <laughs> parking is just amazing. <laughs> yeah, they, it's always free at Jasper's. So go to Jasper's on West End and check out their food and go watch the game. It's a blast. I promise. sounds like comedy is clearly something you you really are passionate about and oh, yeah. like i don't know we were talking w- with with ron slay last week and 
like one of my dream guests i mean like it'll never happen of course like but like if i could talk to dave Chappelle for like an hour and just like uh, like peel back the, the the layers of his brain i'm more interested in guys like that than i am even with with like sports anymore sort of as i've gotten older it clearly you're interested in that side of stuff how much do you want to rely on being a football player having this other career and this other platform and these other interests that has sort of defined you for most of your career, right? Like that's, you, you've been a football player for most of your life. How do you, how much of that do you know and want to bring in? And how much of that do you want to sort of leave at the door and say, no, this is just Darren. I'm just being me instead of this other thing that you guys only know me as. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah, I want to just bring it all together. Like, like, that's like, what, like the comedy thing, like the reason I'm, I love comedy, comedy now is because my best friend who I grew up playing football with, you know what I'm saying? He was the quarterback. But we got that in common and we love comedy. He loved comedy. You know what I'm saying? I feel like everybody has that in them. Or, you know, you can bring, you can mesh the two together. Even though some comedians that never probably played football before, but they love to hear the stories and be around an NFL player. So I feel like they, you can't ever like separate the two and be like, I'm just going to be into this over here or into that over there. It's like that. I'm into all of it because then I'm going to drop a story about, you know, doing a podcast on football, but it's probably going to go right into, third grade on a swing with Amy or something, you know, it just, it just all could play together. Definitely. Who in the, who in the locker room right now is, would you say is unknown as, but is really funny. Who's, who's funny that we don't know about. Uh, I feel like everybody had their moments for real. Like everybody know, like I'll, I can, I can give you like, I think Ben Jones is one of the, funniest dudes i've ever been around he's more of a character he's yeah a yeah exactly but everybody kind of knows that about him yeah everybody right? knows i don't know funny man no everybody knows but i feel like everybody knows i mean aj funny see that's my dog so we so so let me ask you this i met derrick henry and covered him when he was a, a sophomore at alabama and he's always been sort of this very private I don't want to say shy is not the right word, but he just wants to keep to himself. Like he's just kind of a guy who's like, I'd rather stay home and play video games and kind of be with my friends and kind of just be me. And he's sort of starting to come out of that show a little bit as he becomes like this superstar that he, okay, that he no, is. People just not seeing it. People just not seeing it. Exactly. So is, is it like, if you're that personality, like AJ Brown, like you kind of just know about it because you're, he's going to be out there on, on Instagram all the time or whatever. Like you've got a personality, you've got a podcast. We know Will and, Taylor, you can't hide it, right? Like, how hard is it to sort of keep that part of yourself private if you wanted to, the way Derek sort of has tried to do in his career? And now, as he's gotten older, he's more comfortable kind of coming out of his shell a little bit. Do it by not having a podcast. And not, not <laughs> yeah, you know, you do it like that. You know, what he posts on social media, you know, him and the grind, him grinding, you know, he posts his little girl that wants to other than that. Like you say, he just keeps it. So he's starting to open up, but before, like, that's what you do. You just don't. Go be in public. You don't just put yeah. anything out there. Derek's not coming on the raw room anytime soon. Uh, he's supposed to Ben came on. Matter of fact, he he left to go to he left to go to Dallas to do something. But he's supposed to Ben came on. But I don't ever press it because I try to get you know like a whole bunch of people. I don't want like narrow it down to just like a Titans podcast. Right. That's why we try not to have on a lot of player teammates and stuff like that. Try to have a lot lot more people. Uh, I am snagging up a couple of these guys that's coming out here to work out too on other teams. I am snagging them boys up, recording a couple of episodes. Yeah. I, 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 can we make re can we make requests? Is that allowed on the show? Can we make requests? I would love I would love to hear 
from like the the linebackers coach at Auburn who recruited you? Like, I want to know about the guy who found you and and was. Uh, I can tell you that was that it wasn't a linebacker coach. It was a uh, Trooper Taylor. I was gonna say, it's, it, let's get. I want you and Trooper to tell stories about recruiting and like be, beginning your college career. I go, we can do that. We can do that. <laughs> he's doing it right now. He's literally sending a text message as we speak right now. Um, all right. So, uh, how how much did Cam get paid? Hey, I wish I knew. <laughs> if he did, he should have broke everybody out. <laughs> Give us like your your memory from from that whole experience like like every game just was an absolute war and every game was sold out every game was loud every game was yeah every game was real everybody played was tough it was fun though it was fun especially though come from behind victories which it was like five of them i want to say damn yeah and man it was good even seeing kentucky was that was fun I never thought playing Kentucky. I thought we were gonna whoop their ass. Now random cops. <laughs> who was the toughest player? Because uh, like that would have been Ingram would have been playing. Um, we saw Julio. We yeah. saw AJ. We saw Ingram. We saw Trent Richardson, uh, Georgia. Who they had? They had Marlon Brown too. They had Orson Charles. Jesus. Uh, who else they had in the backfield? A whole bunch of people. Uh, that was Aaron. Was Aaron Murray on that team? That was he was the quarterback. That was his. Nah, that was his. Uh, nah, was, he wasn't quarterback. He wasn't there yet. Okay. Who was the quarterback? I don't know. Whoever quarterback was, Nick dumped him. That's when we got the fight. <laughs> <laughs> that's when we got into the fight. Oh, that, man. that 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 season was just. Where's where's the hardware? Do you keep the hardware handy, or do you, you oh, show it? You show it off. Do you wear it? Like, where's the hardware? It's in the house. In the same box we got it in. Just keep it in there. I got a tap, so I just I rely on the tap. <laughs> the draft just happened. You got a lot of new guys coming in. You you were undrafted, and so that what do you what are you telling people when they come into an organization about? They're looking at guys like you that have been in the league, that have had success, that have that have made it. What are you telling them about how they should approach their business, about how they should approach their career right now? Oh man, <laughs> pay attention. That's the first thing you gotta do. Pay attention and just you gotta just keep going. I mean, I feel like these, these days it's kind of di it's different for guys, especially younger undrafted guys. It's gonna be harder for them to even make a team. They don't have the opportunities like I did, you know, as far as the rookie men camp and OTAs and then you know getting the chance to show it. So I mean, I feel like now they just have to be precise in everything they do. They should already be on you know their body regimen, everything, some everything like that. So. You just get in the building. You got to learn fast, pay attention, and hopefully you get a chance. Because I, like I said, now you don't just get the same type of opportunities you do as before. And I feel like you know before we got Coach Fisher giving us uh, a special team training camp first day, so it's like oh you, you get extra opportunities. So now you know now, compared to now. So. When was your moment like that? You you were like oh hell yeah I can do this. Like I'm I'm gonna be fine. Do you that, have that? Do you have that moment? That, that training camp, uh, Coach Fisher, the uh, first day of training camp, he has this, this special thing to practice. So it's like literally all the, the, the ones and twos like, doing yoga inside while everybody that plays special teams, full pads, first day. You out there, hot as hell. You out there and you're doing drills the whole time. And the drills is like one-on-one, -on -one, almost everything full field, one-on-ones, don't stop until you blow the whistle. And it's 
Jeff, Jeff Fish was standing where the pump was trying to be at. And then he'll tell us go and it's one on one drill. And I went, I called out the uh, captain who was the special team captain the year before. I called him out. I was like, I want to go against you. But then he switched me around. So I was on pump, pump, I was on the punt team. So I had to kick back while he just come up and just grab shot me. That was back when he used to grab any kind of way. So he just tried to grab me and tried to just flip me. I ended up flipping his ass and then my helmet came off and then we just started fighting. And then Jeff Fisher <laughs> didn't say shit. He just let it go. And next you know, he said, go again. I want to see it again. So he did it again. I whooped his ass again. <laughs> I whooped his ass again. <laughs> that was my moment. With your time in the league, you think you should have been drafted? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I at least should have went third round or something. Third or fourth. For real, yeah, I absolutely agree. They should do that. If you get to 10 years, they should let you go pick where you should have got drafted at. <laughs> <laughs> and then pay you again. Just go change Just go change your Wikipedia page. Like, just go change it. It'll be like, like first pick, second round, you know? Like, just go, just go change it. Do you ever go back and look at guys in that draft and go, nope, he didn't make it. Nope, he didn't make it. Nope. Absolutely. All the time. Nah, nah, all the time. But it once a year. <laughs> Every night, it's a, it's, a, it's a holiday. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely got his own day. <laughs> about about this time of year, probably. I imagine. Yeah. Uh, so, let, let, Amy Adam Strunk. I've talked to a lot of uh, players and and people inside the the building and and media and people in the city, fans. Like she's just. I don't know what makes her. Like she always seems to strike the right chord, the right tone with like her public messaging. She stood, she stood behind the whole team last summer during the entire black lives matter movement. I felt like she sort of hit the, like the U S players pick up on that stuff and see how she's acting, appreciate what she's doing. Like again, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I, you know, from my perspective, it feels like she's doing a lot of things the right way. I think she's really rebuilt the relationship in the city between the team and the fans. I don't know how you guys see it from inside the building. Absolutely. Cause you want to, I'm going to tell you why. You should believe that because you know how most people, most uh, organizations, something might put out just a statement. She did, she does stay like she go out there and she is stay. She, you know what I'm saying? She gives her tone. She talks about whatever she talks about. She comes to us, asks us what we want to do, and then tells us she stand whatever we want to do, and be right there beside. So she never just like just saying anything from behind the desk. She's down there with us. She down. She out there with the people. You know, so she doing whatever it takes and showing the people that. The team is here, you know, with the city, and she's here with the city. How different is that from other owners? And you know, I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble here, but like, how 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 unique is that? That's it's one of a kind. That's I mean, I I was in Oakland with you know with the same type of owner be out there, but compared to the Rams, you know, that's too that's totally different. You know, they're not walking the same path. You know, so and I appreciate what what she's done for this team and this organization, this city. A lot of a lot of the organization around last summer came after George Floyd's death. Were you paying attention during the trial? Did you watch? Uh, did, did you watch any of it? Yeah, well, I ain't watched on TV, but I watched, you know, on Twitter. You know, they play the clips and all that. You know, I went to Black Twitter to see what they talking about over there. You know, got to play on both sides. You know, see what's going on. So yeah, I was paying attention for sure. Were you surprised that there was a that there was a conviction? I mean, it's one of them tell the truth. You know, Ed wants. No, not every once in a while. All the time, it's like one of those moments where you be like, damn, what are they going to do? Ah, shit, okay. Woo! Yeah, it was one of those, you know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, it was one of those. But yeah, that's it was a sigh of relief, but I mean, it just got to get the rest of it. 
So, I mean, it's obviously an incredibly serious topic and your, your show is not necessarily filled with all of those types of moments. Do you want to, do you want to sort of keep it separate? Do you want to bring that stuff into your well, show? That's like why telling, That's why I be telling my, uh, on my, I guess you call him my other co-host. He's one of my best friends. He just helped us be helping us with the show, help us start the show. And every once in a while he's on, um, he's that type of guy. Like he wants to talk about those type things. And sometimes, you know, we just get to going on our other side, so we never get to it. But I do want to get to start to get to that, be able to talk, get to those topics and, and fill on those things. I also want to get to be able to get my show where we can drop it, like why those topics are relevant too. you know what I'm saying, at the same time, instead of talking about it two weeks from now, you know, like, right. or it happened two weeks ago or whatever, you know, so I don't want to be, I don't want to be on that. That's why I haven't got to that, because I want to be able to, like every time we drop the episode, it's in the middle of, you know, around whatever's happening or whatever's going on. What type of, and if you want me to cut this out, I will, but I'm curious about the incident that you had a couple, was that a couple of years ago up in Hendersonville? Oh yeah, what? I got, that's going to come out. Don't worry, I'm about to drop the episode. <laughs> I think I already, no, I talked about it with Preston Pinger. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I thought. That's what I thought. I just, I just wanted to make sure. And I, I'm just curious, because I think what's hilarious to me is that the entire country sort of feels one way about this one particular issue. I'm talking about weed and everybody sort of just feels one way about it, but it's not how all businesses think. It's not how all companies think. It's not how all like locations think like certainly not how all people think, right? How, what kind of conversations, how did people react to you when that, when they, they saw that story about you? Uh, like people in person, people on the internet. Yeah, just well, all all of them, <laughs> all the people, all the people. People in person, they are in with me, so they're like, "Oh, what happened?" You know what I'm saying? Ah, oh, shit. You know, <laughs> that's all they were saying. Even, even. Okay, I'm telling you, some of the people that you just, they just even was also like, "Oh, damn, that's all," you know. And then the people on the internet was like, "Oh, DUIs and blah blah blah." And it's like, all right, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so I don't care about the people in there. It doesn't bother me. But when I was able to go back in the building, everybody good. Ain't no problems. It's just, yeah. all right, hurry, don't be careful. All right, go, whatever. That's how it was. And it's like, oh, I can ride out with that thing. We, we really appreciate it. Want to wish you best of luck on everything that you're doing. And can't wait to see Bill Burr on the show and can't wait to tune in. So <laughs> we, we appreciate it. And uh, if you had one message for rookies that are coming into the nfl last weekend in the draft or new new players to the titans like what's the media message that you want people to learn from like listening to this conversation that maybe the average fan or listener doesn't know about like what what do you what kind of final message do you have for people oh man speak your own truth that'll that'll work follow the raw rules subscribe like and share (laughs) <laughs> there you go. Now you're a pro. Now you're a pro. Uh, Darren, you always, always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with everything in the future. Thank you for having me, man. That was Darren Bates here on the show. Do appreciate him giving us so, giving us so much of his time. And I, I am, I think Darren Bates is sort of, and the Titans in, in general have a lot of guys that are sort of just going, you know what? <laughs> I don't care about the media anymore. I want to tell my story and I'm interested in a lot of other things that aren't just football. Sure. I'm a football player, but the media, you know, Tiger Woods maybe led this transition with, with releasing his own information in PR style press releases on his website. I, 
athletes don't need the media nearly as much as they used to. And, and you hear why they're from Darren Bates. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting that when Bates chose to do a podcast that podcast consumers are of a couple of different varieties. One of them is me. I consume a lot of kind of news and kind of cultural information or, or I listen to a lot of stuff about movies. The comedy podcast realm is huge and getting and getting more and more saturated a lot of comedians have have used this as sort of a way to sort of expand their brand and, and sort of a way to reach audience particularly in a pandemic situation where they can't get into clubs which is and, exactly and, how many folks describe lamestream sports actually is in the comedy podcast realm yes that's what we do here on the show yes lots as you can tell a lots of comedy uh but the but but I thought it was interesting that you know, there's, there's a couple of different ways you can sort of do the like that kind of like interview conversation show. And they have definitely leaned into the comedy style free for all. I mean, the raw room is wild. It's absolutely <laughs> it, it's absolutely wild. And, and and it's a trip to listen to and, and, and a lot of fun. It, it's it's a lot of fun uh, with what Bates and, uh, and his co-host are doing. It's it's aptly named. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Ron Slay two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whenever we had him on, go listen to that episode. And he talked about how, you know, we just, you know, I wanted to do this. And so I got into it. By the way, Ron Slay, congratulations on his new gig uh, on, on uh, 104.5. On 104.5, yeah. Um, a full-time slot, which, you know, I asked him about that and he didn't he didn't give us any hints on the show. Kind of upset about that. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Ron. But like he, he knew right away, like if I want to do sort of regular media, then I need to train for regular media. And what Darren wants to do, sort of like what Taylor Lewan wants to do, or more many athletes, is they don't necessarily want to go into traditional media and become Kirk Herbstreet or a reporter or whatever. They, they want to just be themselves and sort of like, here's what we would do. And Taylor Lewan does it and Darren Bates does it. They just, we want to be us. We want to be authentic. And that's something we preach on this show as well, is just be yourself. And, and I think Darren's doing that. And there's uh, a big audience for it. Yeah. It's especially like, again, there is so much overlap in athletics and culture and music. You know, everybody in music knows everybody in sports. Everybody in sports knows everybody in movies. Everybody in movies knows everybody in music. And there's just this intrigue that we have as a population into those into those those worlds. And uh, Darren certainly has lived a very fascinating and interesting experience and has a an interesting perspective to, to share with people. So check it out, Raw Room, uh, his second career don't know what his, his future in the NFL holds, but uh, we're rooting for him and certainly a nice special teams player for the Titans for the last few years. So, all right. Absolutely. Recommendations. Recommendations. What do you like? So I'm going to, I'm going to sort of like recommend a website, but then also just recommend an entire sport here for a couple of weeks. Cause it's, it's, it's like, like team handball. Like, what yeah, is well, it's crunch time in a, in a particular sport. We are down to three weekend series left in sec baseball. We have a tie in first place in the SEC East between Vanderbilt and Tennessee. We've got basically a tie in the SEC West between Arkansas and Mississippi State. All four of those teams vying for the regular season SEC championship and positioning in both the SEC and NCAA tournament are all top five teams in the nation. I was going to say all five. I mean, sorry, all four you would expect to see in Omaha. Potentially. And right now, yeah. this is this tags in with my my recommendation which is d1baseball.com is a website i know a lot of the guys that work over there they do a fantastic job covering college baseball and according to them currently right now both vanderbilt and tennessee are top eight national seeds which means they would not only host a regional but also a super regional should they get through to those rounds so we are talking but about two elite level teams right now 
with just three series left to go. So check out D1Baseball.com to track it all and make sure you're watching some SEC baseball over the next three weeks. Just three weekend series left to go for everybody in the conference. I do love when this time this time of year hits and you see uh, ESPN all of a sudden become all college baseball all the time. I mean, between the two main networks, the spillover on news and and the stuff on Plus, I mean, you can watch as much or more college baseball than you can MLB right now. And, and the names you're watching in the MLB, Walker Bueller, David Price, Tyler Beatty, Sonny Gray, uh, we can keep we can keep going on this. Andrew Benatendi played at Arkansas in in, in the College World Series. Uh, I think he got I think he's with the Royals now. I mean Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer were on the same rotation at UCLA. The, the guys at Vandy and at Tennessee and at Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Florida, all top fifteen teams. Peter Alonzo, my first baseman, the Polar Bear, played in the College World Series for the Florida Gators. These are the guys that are going to be on your favorite teams in the majors soon. So there's there's so many reasons to check it out. D1 Baseball does a great job. And uh, we're, we're sort of in the in the heat of the moment here in a great conference race. So go go watch some college ping, man. Okay? Ping is, the awesome. ping is good. Awesome. All right. I, my recommendation is uh, 180 degrees of the opposite way. My, my recommendation is Michael Lewis' new, uh, new book, The Premonition. Uh, I just cracked it open this week. I'm actually – I got it yesterday. I'm – halfway through it it is a propulsive read michael lewis uh, if you if you're if for sports fans he's he is the moneyball guy he's the guy who he's the guy who wrote about billy bean and blind and, side and, and, and yeah and, and wrote the blind side he's he is one of the best n- narrative nonfiction writers in america if not the best right now and lewis lewis has a way of finding the characters inside of a story and using them to explain something larger. The prim, the premonition is about the pandemic and health officials, local health officials. We're not talking about like Fauci and, right. and, and that group, but people with like boots on the ground and how they fight public health problems. And it's fascinating. The opening chapter is about this woman in uh, who's a public health officer in Santa Barbara uh, County, California, uh, about a TB case and and kind of her fearlessness. There was this person who died uh, of TB. It was in their brain. She had to know if it was in his lungs in order to find out if it was a risk to the public. And, and so she, she needs a sample from his people are too scared to cut this body open. And so it's the scene that, that Lewis sets of like the parking lot of the coroner's office with this body <laughs> and the coroner and like six, you know, sheriff's deputies and so forth are out there in like full hazmat gear. And she, it's like the day after Christmas, she comes up in a Christmas sweater and, you know, a pair of jeans. And it's just like, puts on a mask and it's like, all right, let's do this. I don't know what you're so scared about. One of the great things about Lewis is he has this ability to kind of dig in, give you the whole thing, and then pull back with just these great writerly touches. And like the, he's explaining all of this really kind of tense situation and how she feels that she's this small woman and this and these men are all scared of this situation. And she she dives in and and just does it. And the quote that he ends the chapter with is her kind of narrating the whole thing. And 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 he, she says. They thought my spirit animal was a bunny and it's a fucking dragon. <laughs> and you well, understand sort of kind of like the, the fearlessness that some of these people have to have in, in the face of this. He uses this to, to talk about 
kind of the the, the public health network across the country and, and how underfunded it is and how ill-prepared we were to face you know, a pandemic. It's not just about vaccines and social distancing and masking. It's about boots on the ground people and how they responded. It is a fantastic read, but it's something we have internalized so much news about the pandemic here over the last you know, 15 or so months. A look at people and how they react in, the, in very specific situations is a great way to learn something new about something that you thought you knew everything about. So watch Tennessee volunteers hit dingers and <laughs> read about the public safety officials who were fearless in the face of an unknown virus for 15 months trying to save people's lives. Just do, do those two things. Do those, do, if you do those two things this week, <laughs> you'll have it all covered. <laughs> uh, I think we, I think we covered our bases today on the show. I, I think we yeah. did uh, a lot of stuff. And special, brand. Thanks, special thanks to Darren Bates for giving us some of his time. Go check out the raw room rate review, subscribe, listen. It's a lot of fun. If you need, um, you know, a break from just the absolute hilarity of this show, uh, go listen to the raw room. So uh, special thanks to Jasper's as well. Uh, our title sponsor with a parking lot that is always free, it's very free, 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 it's very free. free. The food is not free, but it is absolutely worth the price of admission. It's, it's spectacular and real and evolving constantly. The menu is great. The happy hour is great. The parking is free. So go check it out. Jasper's, of course, host to our draft party last week. Special thanks to Jasper's for doing that to, for us as well. It was wonderful to actually and enjoy an event with other humans and, and, and like argue about Justin Fields. It was great. It was just an absolute blast. So thank you to Jasper's for that. Steve, where can people find you? On the socials, they can find me at Scavendish. I mean, you can come follow me on Instagram too, but you're going to see a lot of pictures of my dog. A lot of dogs. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports and at 440 Media on Instagram as well. Please follow all the channels. Rate, review, subscribe, smash and share the show. We do appreciate it. Special thanks to Jaspers. Special thanks to Darren Bates. His name is Steve Cavendish. My name is Braden Gall. Thank you all for listening. This has been Lane Stream Sports on the 440 Sports Network. <laughs>